You're listening to the Friends Talking Nerdy Podcast Network. Friends Talking Nerdy! with high schools 
and all kinds of uh, community education and all kinds of other uh, programs at the college. It's an amazing institution. I love it. I love working there. I love all of the students. I love the faculty. I love all of the academic professionals that support our students and student services and other places around the college. And I appreciate very much all of the faculty who I know work very hard to deliver good content for their students. And I really appreciate the administrators as well, the managers of the college, most of whom are really um, great to work with and wonderful people. So I'm really lucky in that I'm one of the few Americans who has contract protections for their work. And um, I'm really kind of sad that most Americans don't have uh, any kind of union to support them. It's just them and their employer negotiating and carrying out the employment relationship. And I'm very worried about people who don't have union support because employers have so much more power than employees. So when employees need something, um, all they have to depend on in, is the market really like, is everybody else getting that thing or, you know, to attract talent, does the company have to provide that thing? That's really the only thing in the market that dictates what employers must do. Luckily, we have a few uh, human protections, uh, such as child labor laws, the maximum hours and minimum wage laws, but they are very basic. Um, employers in the United States are not required, um, under a certain number of employees, not required to provide health care. Um, independent contractors, I, you know, I think that's one of the primary reasons that we see this massive shift in the economy from employing and having employees to independent contractors. Everything has become the gig economy. Well, what does that mean? That means that people are not employed by large corporations. They are independent contractors for large corporations and those corporations get out of paying payroll taxes, health benefits that may be required by the um, Affordable Care Act, also known as Obamacare. And so they get out of a lot of their um, requirements to be an employer here in the United States by being instead just a contractor with independent contracts. This is all very bad for worker safety, worker health, um, the status of the individual, the status of children and families because people need to work for money in our society in order to pay for things required for life, including housing, food, and health care, things that are guaranteed as rights in other countries. So I'm fired up about it and I'm excited that I have a union to support and so I am supporting my union by picketing today. So you might say, that's all well and good. Aubrey, you commie pinko. Um, what is the particular picket about? So let me tell you, the picket is regarding um, 
is regarding COVID um, safety protocols, whether employees will get um, health benefits and uh, paid time off if they are affected by COVID. So a lot of the protections that people had, so protections from eviction and other um, bad stuff, including being entitled to paid time off for COVID-related illnesses, vaccinations, testing and treatment, all of that has sort of gone away on the federal level. And so then it depends on what state you're in, what kind of employment protections you have around COVID. Um, the other things at the college related to COVID are the receipt of a, a great deal of money from the federal government for COVID relief, uh, much of which, I would say most of which, has gone to individual students in the form of emergency grants when students have indicated that they're impacted or that they need assistance. We've been able to distribute money directly to students, and that has been a wonderful way to get money circulating in the economy in the hands of those who really need it and will use it for day-to-day -day living exp expenses. Everybody knows that college students are... Um, spend all of their money in the economy. Um, so that's good for the economy. We've given it to the right people and not um, wealthy, wealthy people, whether that's through corporate giving or other kinds of giving. So anyway, um, so we've gotten a great deal of money as the college and, um, you know, there's issues around transparency around how that money has been spent as well as making sure that that money is also spent to for example provide paid time off for employees when they're impacted by COVID. So there are a number of issues on the table regarding um, working conditions and COVID. Um, we are asking for a stipend. We have received so far in the two and a half years that we've been um, working remotely, we've received up to $800 in reimbursement for increased internet costs, office furniture, computers, peripherals, and equipment, and all of the things that we've needed to do our jobs in our homes for the last two plus years, we've received $800. Um, that $800 was woefully inadequate to um, reimburse employees for the cost of all of a sudden being at-home workers. Um, it's not fair that workers should bear those costs when the federal government has provided grant monies to colleges that could use them um, in this way. Like it's a totally allowed use. And so we think some of that money should come to the faculty who have, um, you know, given basically use of their homes over to PCC or for the benefit of PCC. Um, so I think these are important issues and I'm excited today to go and um, experience a union picket. I've done one other event during COVID which was a, a car parade and I'm excited to do a picket. I'm actually taking my guitar and I've offered to sing a union anthem that was written by Billy Bragg called um, There is Power in a Union. And I'm super excited to do that. And I will um, 
let you go to a musical interlude and when we return uh, hopefully we'll have some audio from the picket so stay tuned so hey how's it going we are back and at the picket so the the picket is going right by us down division street and you can hear the chanting and welcome back. I have just finished at the PCC picket for COVID deal and it was super fun and I got to play a song for everybody who's now just chilling out on the corner listening to some music. So um, overall it was a good experience. We walked around and with our signs and chanted and we assembled at the administration building. The idea is just if people will take the time to come out for something like this. It demonstrates that they're interested in paying attention. Um, and that's important. So hopefully PCC administration will sign a COVID deal with the academic professionals and faculty who work at the college soon. And we can go forward with a post COVID college. Um, Thanks for listening and share with your friends. Remember Friends Talking Nerdy, available on Saturdays. And this new format, um, which features um, Tim Jowsma, the host of Friends Talking Nerdy, and myself, Professor Aubrey. Every Wednesday, we'll be looking at something interesting that is happening in the world, um, talking about our favorite um, pop culture and um, generally having a good time. We hope that you'll join us and support us, like us on Facebook and Instagram. And hey, even, you know, think about joining our Patreon for a buck a month. Uh, you know, it only costs you a buck to support us and we would love that. So um, I hope you all have a wonderful day and um, just, you know, continue to think positive like I am. We're going to win our deal here at PCC. Hopefully you'll win your deal too, whatever that happens to be. Have a great week and see you next Wednesday. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey. Yeah, we have a new show, Hump Day, on the Friends Talking Nerdy Podcast Network. And and you expect me not to be on a show called Hump Day so I can tell the audience that you are here for Hump Day. 
<laughs> well, I, you know, you were busy, and I had something to do, so I decided to make an episode without you. But that is the beauty of what we are doing here now. Now, um, uh, when you folks hear this, um, you know, I wanted, uh, we'll give you a little behind-the-scenes look at what's going on here. Because of the holidays and whatnot, um, you know, at the beginning of the month, we, um, like, the professor, the reverend, and myself have been doing, like, some massive recordings at the beginning of the month so that our end of the month will, uh, you know, hopefully be free. And um, for our show show that's going to debut on New Year's Day. We're going to go into a lot more detail about what's going on here, but um, a little peek behind the curtain for what we're doing here is that what we want to do for Friends Talking Nerdy is have that focus be on Saturday. Uh-huh. And that and that Wednesday is going to be whatever the heck hump day is, <laughs> you know, as you mentioned. I mean, we don't have a theme for it yet. We do want to have to give it its own life and, and whatnot. But um, but, uh, you know, I've, I've heard what you recorded and it was damn good. Hey, thanks, Tim. Mm-hmm. So is hump day approved? Hump day approved. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Now, uh, did you want to talk a little more about unions? I mean, I am here. Might as well give my opinion, I guess. Well, you said you listened to the episode. So um, what did you? What do you think of the PCC employee demands? Uh, they are very much reasonable. I mean, it's it would be, you know, like like asking an office worker to buy their own staples or their own paper clips or something like that you know if and and and, you know you made the point too and i've definitely taken advantage of it as a student you know there is a ton of cash going around that the colleges are just giving away so why not utilize some of that so that the people that are actually keep it that that are the lifeblood of of i don't know life but i guess they would say the students are the lifeblood or something like that but you know the the engine that runs the college are the professors you know for sure like who have you spent the most time with as a student uh the professor yeah yeah, and you've even accessed student services like advising and other services, but still, you spent your most of your time with your faculty. Mm-hmm. And it's the choices that faculty make about how to structure their classes, what lessons they're going to do, what activities they're going to engage the students in, how they're going to assess the students' learning. All of that really is what makes students feel either like they belong to an institution or they don't. Um, that they're going to be successful or they're not, that they've chosen the right, you know, course of study or program of study for them. All of those things depend on the relationships that they have with the faculty and whether the faculty does a good job or not. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it blows my mind that, you know, for, you know, teachers in the high school and elementary school thing that, you know, they have to like go to Twitter to put out Amazon wish lists so people can pay for basic supplies. So sad. And, and, and utterly ridiculous. I mean, and like, how is that American exceptionalism? That is not. That's showing how much of a failure this country is when it comes to educating its students. You know, and, and like, people want to look down their noses at, at, like, China because they're communist over there. Well, guess what? They're kind of the, the leading superpower in the world right now just because we've abdicated that by just being fucking ignorant, you know? Yeah, I mean... Yeah. 
I think that we don't expect much for ourselves from our employers, from our government, and we should expect more from them because they're the ones with the resources and we're the ones with the power. The people united will never be defeated. Uh, look in the news today. Uh, I, I, as we record this, um, uh, the day we recorded this, I uh, posted an article on uh, our, uh, our group page about the first Starbucks that, uh, that approved a union. That's right. There was this, there was a Starbucks that is now unionized, and also the Burgerville Union finally came to an agreement with Burgerville, so we can go back to Burgerville now. Oh, thank God! They were they're good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for fast food, it's really good. Yeah, um, but that is definitely important, and um, yeah, I mean, because I mean, Starbucks has already gone out of their way to make it as difficult for those employees as possible. You know, even having like the former owner come, the former CEO come in and like give them lectures and all that stuff. But I am very happy to see news like this and to see the kind of the renewed energy behind the idea of a union. I think I, I, I'm hoping that this is the start of a wave of workers finally realizing that they are getting royally screwed. And, you know, it's like I mentioned the the gig, gig workers. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think what we see, you know, to some extent, I think people are interested in the gig and participating in the gig economy. Because it provides for them things that they need in their life in a way that fits into their life in a way that work, most work doesn't. Yet they're, you know, passing off the buck, I mean, uh, to, uh, you know, their, their employees, let's face it, their employees. Like I, um, you know, like I tried Lyft for a month. I tried doing that myself and they actually have a program to where you could rent a car directly from them and just make sure that each week you do 20 rides minimum. You know, and um, it, yeah, like it, it ended up really scaring me the amount, uh, like the responsibility I was taking in my hands by, by doing that with in the financial shape I was in at the time. It was the one of the most foolish things I ever did, you know, because one car accident, I'm fucked, lift, just lost a car, and that's it. Yeah, yeah, and um. You know, people don't realize all the expense they're bearing when they're bearing the cost of maintaining that automobile and all the costs associated with it. Extra taxes. I mean, if you're an independent contractor, you actually have to pay, you do a different type of tax and pay more often, I believe. You've got to um, pay the employer's share of the payroll tax because you don't have an employer who's paying that. Yeah, and with a gig economy, there may be good weeks, but 
there may be bad weeks as well. So, you know, you could easily get into a huge hole if you are using it as a primary source of income. If it is a supplemental income, something you do on the weekends for a little extra cash or like an hour or two at the end of a workday instead of, you know, doing something else, that's one thing. But, you know, these companies like create a service that is in such demand that, you know, it, it, it gets everywhere. But once again, you have major corporations like Uber, you know, paying more to convince the public to vote against regulations that would make their drivers employees than actually paying their, you know, labeling their... Paying for the taxi. Yeah, labeling them as employees and giving them benefits and all that stuff. They don't, they want all the benefits, none of the hassles, uh, none of the other responsibilities of a business like actually paying for your employees. Yeah, and when you look at these things that disrupt the structure of the economy, like we can look at Airbnb, you know, same kind of thing happened where there are these ripple effects and unintended consequences. Like, for example, with Airbnb, you can make money by owning, let's say I owned a condo in Portland, Oregon, I could rent that out as a short-term rental and make double the mortgage. And not- making that unavailable as a rental, as a longer-term rental. So you're decreasing the amount of longer-term rental stock in the city. And, um, you know, that's not good. But that is a little different than, you know, stories I've heard. Like one of my uh, favorite shows on HBO Max, and it uh, was on True TV in the past, is Adam Ruins Everything. And they actually talked about this. Um, the bigger problem comes when you have like massive apartment buildings where they've kicked people out and then made each room in that apartment building in Airbnb. So, which, you know, again, it, it, you know, they don't, by listing it, listing it as an Airbnb, I guess they don't have to list it as a hotel, which essentially is what they're turning it into. They don't, they have, don't have to pay hotel tax, other special tourism taxes that were passed by those localities specifically for hotels and tourism yeah like like so so yeah to me there's a difference between one person who owns a condo and also owns a secondary property and uses that condo as an airbnb that is one thing compared to again like like if the apartment building we're in now where where they evicted everybody and then turned this into an airbnb that to me that's criminal criminal it's not actually criminal in in a perfect world it would be you know well, it's fucked up. And, you know, it's our whole capitalist view, like I was saying earlier, about um, that we should have to work to pay for things that really should be provided by society at this point. Um, we should be concentrating on working towards higher goals. And we still have a permanent underclass... Um, they're often distinguishable by race, gender, um, sexual orientation, their status as transgender or not, etc. Disabled um, people and immigrants, first-generation college students. Like, there's so many, so many ways to be vulnerable in the system. 
And yet we have people in this country like a Rupert Murdoch. There was a political cartoon I saw about him that exemplified people like that. You know, he had, it was three people, Rupert Murdoch in the middle. On the on his left was a white guy with a plate with one cookie. On his right was a black guy with nothing. And Rupert Murdoch had a whole bunch of cookies. But then he's turning to the white guy and saying, that guy wants your cookie. Uh-huh, exactly. Like, it only works... When we're against each other. And you really just have, you know, I think there needs to be more solidarity in the world with workers, like, across differences. You know, people's revolution, that's all. And and to to be clear, I mean, it's like, I, I am not against somebody that owns a business making a profit from that business. But... To the point to where you keep all the money and you, like Walmart, like it's sick and like it's, it, it happened more than once, but like Walmart at uh, one year, somebody posted a picture online of like an employee break room where they had a, a listing for, you know, give to your fellow employees in need. Please drop off some food donations at fucking Walmart in the employee room, <laughs> you know? Seriously. Um, you know, there's... Walmart got in trouble because um, many of its employees were eligible for public assistance. And they had gotten big tax breaks to locate in various locations. And then their employees were all accessing accessing social um, services. And it didn't make any sense for the government, who wasn't getting anything from Walmart... To then have these like permanently underemployed people created. Yeah, I mean, as we learned, you know, during the pandemic and what I, you know, experienced working retail for many years, I mean, there are a lot of us, there are legitimate essential businesses out there, um, like a grocery store, for instance. And yet, you know, like Costco, I think, is the only type of store like that that I'm aware of that actually pays pretty damn decent. It does. It pays well. It's um, the. I think the workers get stock. Yeah, but like, the, like, the, like the people at the front that check your receipt. I mean, they're earning like twenty-two to twenty-five dollars an hour, probably more, just doing that. And but. Costco's not losing money at all. You know, I mean, there was a book I read called The Good Job Solution by someone by the name of Z. I'm going to mess up their name. Um, a name I, I can't pronounce. I'm not going to try. But I, if I remember, I'll put it uh, in the show description here. But, they, but the, it was about a study that was done about, you know, comparing businesses that didn't invest in their employees compared to businesses that did. And for the most part, businesses that, you know, properly paid their employees an honest wage, gave them good benefits, you know, those employees ended up being a lot more loyal. There was a lot less turnover. They were more happy. Of course. course. Yes, but uh, again, you know, Jeff Bezos needs more money. Prick. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, so uh, having said that again, like, I mean, we have both grown up in an era where unions have been demonized to the nth degree. I mean, like 10% of the country is unionized compared to much higher numbers in the past. Yeah, I mean, I remember the union commercials, like the cotton union and various union commercials on TV in the 70s and 80s. And you just don't see that anymore, and they're just so few. It's like you can't get a critical mass 
of unionized workers. But when you look at union employers, I mean, they're almost across the board. Pay better, have better benefits, better working conditions. Like, it just makes sense that when workers organize, they're better able to represent their interest to their employers. Yeah, I mean, I, I know back in the 80s, they used a lot of, uh, like, the Republicans would constantly come out with, you know, essentially bringing up the old wives' tales in the past about the, the bad stuff unions have done and, and whatnot. And, you know, the, the Jimmy Hoffa type of stuff, you know. And, and to be clear, yeah, if there are unions that are engaging in practices they shouldn't, those, sh- those people should be reprimanded, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, I you know an organization run by humans will occasionally have bad apples and no should people should be dealt with but as we have seen when you only got 10 percent of the population that do that does have a union everybody else doesn't you know corporations are not going to get scared they're just going to fuck their union they're going to fuck their employees and they know at this point that for the most part the general public will just sit back and take it but Again, I'm seeing some very good signs. I mean, I, there are a lot of companies that have had strikes lately that normally have been considered companies that are pretty stable. You know, like a John Deere, for instance. That kind of shocked me that, you know, the John Deere uh, people went on strike. But because you have so many people going on strike now, like now is the time. You know, and and that doesn't mean that, you know, when you do get to the table that you don't have a talk and, you know, concessions made and all that stuff. But we have the power. We do have the power. Absolutely. Absolutely. So remember that, everybody, and hold on to your power this week as you go through uh, your work week. You know, think Mm -hmm. about how can you manifest uh, worker solidarity in your day-to-day life. Yeah, I mean, the first thing you can do, encourage fellow employees to talk about their salary. It is not against the law for you to do that. It is not against company rules. The only reason they encourage you not to do that is to show you how you're, you're getting fucked. Yeah, because you, you may have been working there longer and somebody else makes more money than you. Um, there could be various reasons why other people have gotten to the top. It happens all the time. There are huge equity issues in pay. It's happened to me. It's happened to many of my friends where someone, because usually because they're a white man, they are getting paid uh, more and shouldn't be. Right. Like they were hired in at the same salary and then all of a sudden they're making more. Um, So it's very good to be um, transparent about that, I think. And I'm really happy to work at a place where my uh, anybody that wants to can figure out what my salary is. Yeah, so, you know, again, we have the power. We've been told for over 40 years now that we don't, but as we are seeing, we do. So fight, fight, fight. Now we're on the downside of the hump. That's right. We are sliding right into the weekend. Almost time for Friends Talking Nerdy on Saturday. Yes, and now i got to figure out a new way to close everything. I mean, a downside of the hump. I think we can, you know, do that as a catchphrase, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Um, hump day, guaranteed good time. And the end of the show is cause the downside of the down, downside of the hump. Yeah. Or yeah. I don't know. Downslope of the hump. Yes. 
hump. You <laughs> <laughs> said hump. Yeah, so, yeah, so again, the plan um, <clears throat> is this for the Wednesday show. The Wednesday show is now officially rebranded as Hump Day. It is, own, it is its own official thing. This podcast feed you are listening to the show on, think of it like a radio network. You know, I mean, we're going to have different shows on here. The flagship show, of course, is Friends Talking Nerdy on Saturday. But we have Hump Day with Tim and the Professor. And... Come New Year's, you're going to find out about some of our other uh, uh, surprises. New projects. Yes, new projects in the works. And I, I for one, am very, very excited about uh, some of these changes. I think that, you know, um, it's going to allow all of us involved here to kind of, you know, allow us to show more of of ourselves. Because, you know, like, I've thought in the past, like, when it comes to a podcast, you know, like, what do you have to offer, really? You know, and it's like, ultimately, at the end of the day, what we have to offer on here is us. You know, it's it's not a it's not you know a continuing segment or anything like that. Even though I have no problem with nerdy five, I love the nerdy five stuff. You know, like that. It's nice to have them there, but that shouldn't be the reason for me. It's us, and you know, doing what we're doing now, kind of rebranding stuff. I, I think I'm really excited about that, and I think it's going to allow some more individuality, like you doing your own show or starting things off alone. That's right. I snuck off and started things off alone. Yes, so definitely excited for that. And again, uh, New Year's, you're going to hear a lot more about it. And of course, in in the coming uh, year after that, because 2022, five years of Friends Talking Nerdy. Oh, my Lord. 2022 is the fifth year? Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, so definitely, definitely excited about that. And uh, I think for a five year, that should be something special, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yep. So, all right. So, thank you all for listening. You're at the bottom of the hump. (laughs) Slide on into the weekend, people. Yes, and enjoy next Wednesday. Uh, next Wednesday, you can find us here on the Friends Talking Nerdy Podcast Network with another episode of Hump Day. Hump Day. <laughs> we'll see you then. <laughs>